and we are finishing up today our series, The Secret Sauce, which is all about the Holy Spirit. We're going to be reading today from Acts chapter number one. And as you're going there in the digital worship guide on the Waterview app or in your Bible, I want to say personally how excited I am about our upcoming series at the movies. It's something that we look forward to every summer, and it's a perfect time to start inviting people, neighbors, co-workers, people that are not yet a part of our faith family to invite them into our space so that they can see our world and most importantly so that they can come into contact with real friendly loving people and the loving God who surrounds us with his presence and power. But I want to let you aware of something starting next weekend starting Sunday July the 3rd, we will not be having an online option due to copyright issues with the movies that we will be showing. Our gatherings will only be in person. In other words, at the movies and our time of worship, everything that makes up a weekend at Waterview Church will only be available in person starting next Sunday, July the 3rd for the entire month of July. There's not going to be an online option. So if you're tuning in from around the country, we're going to miss you. But if you're here locally, if you're here in the Iredell County, Lake Norman, Mooresville, North Charlotte area, we want you to be at all of our gatherings. We're going to have popcorn and soda and candy and so many things. We're going to have fun. It's going to be great and we can't wait to have you there. So just make plans for that. July, there will be no online options and we'll get back to meeting together online when we come back in August. So with that said, let's get to the book of Acts. Acts chapter number one is what we're going to focus on today. I preached last Sunday a message called What Every Dad Needs. And I called it that because we were focusing on how the Holy Spirit serves so many different functions and purposes. Last weekend was Father's Day. We were talking about gifts that dads could receive. And dads like a gift that has a lot of different functions and roles and purposes. That's why dads don't like socks and underwear. Come on, dads, let us know in the comments below the kind of gifts that you received last weekend. Yeah, let us know, Dad, how your family hooked you up, and we can celebrate with you. But that's the thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the greatest gift that we've ever received from heaven, the greatest gift that Jesus ever promised. It's because it has so many roles and it has so many functions for our life. It's also why Jesus said it was good for him to leave us. And so today I want to continue what we got started last Sunday. I'm not going to call it today what every dad needs because we've moved on from Father's Day, but I want to keep looking at the roles, the functions, and the purposes of the Holy Spirit. I want to highlight them so that you will get to know the Holy Spirit better so that you will come to know the Holy Spirit more and more and more. Acts chapter number one, Jesus is speaking here, and this is what he says in verse number four. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait here 
until you receive the gift that I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you're going to be seized with power and you're going to be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on earth. And so as we get back into talking about this best gift, the most wonderful thing that was ever promised to us, the most wonderful thing that we can receive, the Holy Spirit. We learned last week that one of the functions, one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit is to comfort us. The Holy Spirit comes into our life, and because the Holy Spirit is God, He wraps His arms of love and grace around us. We can feel His presence. His presence, His power is there through the most difficult moments of our life. When we go through tragedies, when we go through hard times, when we face situations that leave us frantic and anxious, unsure of what to do, the Holy Spirit comes and abides there with us. Doesn't just show up and then leave, but abides and makes His presence felt and His power known. Another thing that the Holy Spirit does in our life is that it leads us. It leads us into all truth, shows us where we need to go, shows us where we don't need to go, shows us how we need to change, acts as a catalyst for that in our life. It, it leads us. It gets involved in our daily decisions. It gives us a winning edge. Do you know that the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is meant to be as pertinent and as relevant in our everyday life as it is on Sundays? You know, for those of us that are aware of the Holy Spirit, for those of us that might have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, too many of us think that it's reserved for Sunday and what the Holy Spirit does happens when we're gathering together for corporate worship. But I would say that the Holy Spirit is even more for when we are out in the marketplace, when we're on the job at school, that's where the Holy Spirit is supposed to be really alive and active in our life. That's when the fruit of the Spirit needs to be displayed. That's when the gifts of the Spirit need to be in operation. That's why we're calling it the secret sauce, because we want people in our everyday lives, those who are not believers, those who are not a part of the family of God, we want them to get a taste of what's on our life, a taste of who's working in us. Taste and see that the Lord is good. We're going to expose the world to the beauty and the power and the magic of what's going on in us through the Holy Spirit. He leads our life and you've got to have the Holy Spirit with you when you're in a difficult business meeting on a Tuesday afternoon. You've got to have the Holy Spirit with you when a bully is picking on you in your algebra class. You've got to have the Holy Spirit when you're out in these mean streets and people are just spewing 
their hateful opinions on social media, when they're cutting you off in traffic. This world has gone crazy and we've got to have the Holy Spirit leading us around the landmines because we cannot lose influence. We've got to keep our influence, our ability to speak life and speak hope into those around us. And the Holy Spirit is going to help us say this, don't say that. Connect here, but don't go there. The Holy Spirit gets involved and leads us. And then we talked about some of the practical ways that the Holy Spirit leads our life. But I want to continue today. I don't want to take a lot of your time, but you've got to know some more things about the Holy Spirit. And just in time, after the events of the last couple of days and the division, the, the varying opinions that were being put on display after some decisions that were made, we need to understand that it is the Holy Spirit that unifies the church. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to be a great unifier. 1 Corinthians 12, verse number 12 says this, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit. That's right, that's the Holy Spirit. So as to form one body body. Why are we baptized by one spirit? It is so that it can form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given that one spirit to drink. Ephesians 2 verse number 21 says, In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Notice, together by his spirit. And then Ephesians 4, 3, and this is something so crucial for this church that we're building together. This church called Waterview that God is forming, started forming January, the end of January 2021, it says, make every effort, Ephesians 4, 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bonds of peace. Hear me loud and hear me clear. Holy Spirit people are people of unity. Holy Spirit people are those working to bring people together, to unite people, to make people one. That does not mean you do not have your own opinion. It doesn't mean that you do not have your own outlook. But it means that the Holy Spirit working in us trumps all of the other and that it is working in us and through us to make us one. Hear me, Holy Spirit people. If you're wondering if the Holy Spirit is alive and well in your life, Holy Spirit people are not people of division. Holy Spirit people are not people who gossip, who slander, who cause strife, who are always contrarian. 
They are not full of the Holy Spirit. And I don't care how many followers they have on social media. I don't care how famous they are, how influential or popular they are. If they are always trying to stir up strife and division and slander, if they're always contrarian, always pushing back, always playing the devil's advocate. Listen, the devil doesn't need any help. The devil doesn't need an advocate. He does a great job in dividing and causing division and strife. He needs no advocates. In fact, just the opposite. We need an advocate in our life to help us not to do those things, and that is the Holy Spirit. And when you come to Waterview, you see very quickly that we are a Holy Spirit church. And that's why we are a church that has black and white and brown people all coming together. Do you know that the church, even even in the 21st century, even in 2022, the church is still one of, if not the most segregated place in America. On Sunday morning, everybody wants to go with everyone else that looks or thinks or acts just like them. But by God's grace, because we committed from the very beginning to have diversity as a part of our culture code, where we are loudly declaring red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in His sight. We are a church of all kinds of people. When you come through our door, you're going to fit right in. We've got interracial couples. We've got people from different religious backgrounds. We've got people that speak different languages. We are a church that has ethnic and cultural and even lingual diversity. And that's all because of the Holy Spirit. That cannot happen in our own strength, in our own power it is a telltale sign that the Holy Spirit is working. And for that matter, take a look at your own life. If you are surrounded by everyone that looks and talks and acts just like you, you've got to ask the Holy Spirit, help me bring some other people into my world. Help put me into someone else's world. I want relationships I want interactions that are reflecting the unifying power of your spirit. I want to bring people together. And not only, yes, it's a, it's a miracle that we've got so much racial and ethnic diversity within Waterview Church, but not only that, most importantly, and maybe even more miraculously, we're a church that has Democrats and Republicans and Independents all worshiping together. We're a church that has Methodists and Pentecostals and Presbyterians and Baptists and Catholics all worshiping together, sitting beside one another, high-fiving and shaking hands and hugging in the lobby. That is the Holy Spirit working among us and uniting us. If your political preference, if your political leaning is more important to you than the Word of God and the working of the Holy Spirit in your life, you may need to reevaluate your faith and where you really are. 
if you're really under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, because the Holy Spirit unifies people. You can't separate, isolate, segregate, or sequester yourself and say that that is a result, a byproduct, or a fruit of the Holy Spirit. No, the Holy Spirit brings people together. The Holy Spirit finds a way to get past all of these things that are meant to cause division in our life, like racism, like politics, like socioeconomic status. The Holy Spirit is meant to get in there and and reveal to us those are secondary issues at best. To be honest, most of those don't even belong in our life, but they are secondary issues at best. Number one is the mission, the cause, the vision, the purpose of Jesus Christ, the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. And man, I am getting fired up right now because what I'm seeing these last couple of days in social media by people that are claiming to be under the Lordship of Christ, it grieves my heart. The Holy Spirit is a unifier. The second thing that I want to just share with you today is that the Holy Spirit empowers you. The Holy Spirit empowers you. Look, last week I mentioned there are three aspects of the Holy Spirit. We talked about how the Holy Spirit is God and that there's three aspects of the Holy Spirit that need to be known by every single believer. Sadly, many, many Christians, many followers of Jesus are attending churches, are gathering together in places where either the Holy Spirit is completely unknown, where the Holy Spirit is completely ignored, or where a lot of falsehoods or misinformation is passed on by the Holy Spirit. Waterview Church exists to bring people together, regardless of their background, where they have been previously, to help them understand the three aspects of the Holy Spirit that need to be known, and that is the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. There's no need to have apprehension, fear, or misinformation, or hostility about the Holy Spirit. It's God. In the same way that God is Father and Son, He's also Holy Spirit. He's a person. He can be fully trusted. He needs to be fully embraced. He should be absolutely released in our lives, but He's a person. The second thing about the Holy Spirit that needs to be known is His purposes. And that's what we've been talking about last week and again this week. His purposes, how He comforts, how He leads, how He unifies. But then there is a third aspect of the Holy Spirit, and that is His power. His person, and we're coming along in this area, His purposes, we're learning about that now, but then there is His power. Hear me today, His power is something that can only be experienced. Matthew Henry, a great Bible commentator, made this statement. He said that experience is greater than argument. You see, we can debate theology all day long. We can argue theological nuances all along. We can say, 
well, I don't think this or I don't believe that about the Holy Spirit. And that's fine. Everyone's entitled to an opinion or maybe to an argument. But the power of the Holy Spirit is something that has got to be experienced. It has got to be something that all of us open up to in our lives. My challenge to you as we close out today about the secret sauce is to get yourself in places, in environments, get your mind and your heart posture opened to having an encounter with the power of the Holy Spirit. We talked about it the very first week of the series. If you missed it, go back and, and watch it right here on Facebook or on YouTube. You can, you can access this entire series, but you've got to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. When you do, it is transformational and it is life-changing, but you've got to experience it for yourself. You cannot stand off and from the outside look in and say, I don't believe that. That's not possible. My grandma said that was of the devil. My pastor said that's not for the church of today. You cannot do that. The Holy Spirit was experiential. Look at what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 to his disciples, to all of his followers. He said, go to Jerusalem and wait until you receive, until you personally experience this Holy Spirit, this gift that the Father promised. Now, what if they would have remained wherever they were at the moment? What if they would have gone somewhere else and then just cast judgment or debated or philosophized about what was going on in Jerusalem? It would have meant absolutely nothing because those there in Jerusalem, those there that experienced what happened in Acts chapter 2 and what happened in Acts chapter 8 and what happened in Acts chapter 10 and what happened in Acts chapter 19 and what has been happening as Acts chapter 29, which involves you and I as that has been playing out over the last hundreds of years, that is the true revealer. It empowers us. There are gifts available to you. For lack of a better description, there are superpowers available to you when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You are given abilities beyond your own strength, beyond your own genetic makeup, strengths, abilities, gifts. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, 12, 13, and 14 if you'd like to do some research and study on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, will illuminate to you the possibility of what can be yours. What you as a believer, you as someone seeking for the Holy Spirit, what you can take advantage of and what you can have in your life. We also see that it is the Holy Spirit that convicts us. The Holy Spirit convicts us. John 16, Jesus is speaking here, and he says this in verse number 7. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. We already talked about that. Jesus says, I know you're going to be heartbroken, and it's hard for you to wrap your brain around, but it's going to be best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate is not going to come, 
But if I really do go away, then I'm going to send him to you. And then notice, when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The Holy Spirit convicts us. Can we talk for a moment about the difference between conviction and condemnation? Conviction is a work of the Holy Spirit. And conviction is when the Holy Spirit shows up in our life, speaks to us by impressing on our hearts, upon our emotions, upon our minds, what you are thinking, how you are behaving, what you are doing. It's not what I want from you. It's not best. It's not good. You're... You're a part of God's family. There's something else that is better for you. There's a different direction that you should go in. Condemnation, which is a work of the devil, says, I cannot believe that you are thinking that way. I cannot believe that you are doing that. You are disgusting. You should feel like a failure. You should absolutely hang your head in shame and remain in shame. Conviction says you're doing wrong, but there's hope for you. Here's an open door to a better way. Condemnation says you failed, you've messed up. You should wallow in your shame and in your self-loathing. There is no hope for you. You should just give up on God because he's given up on you. Conviction is a beautiful and a powerful thing. Condemnation is an ugly thing. Let me say this. I am thankful for conviction. I would not be where I am today if it was not for the Holy Spirit coming to me at different points and times in my life saying to me, Jason, this isn't right. God's not pleased by this. God has something better for you. There's more for you. You can change. You can transform. Here's how you need to go. And because I followed the leading of the Holy Spirit when it came to conviction, I was able to overcome some stuff in my life. I didn't keep making the same decisions. I didn't keep interacting with the same kind of people. And now I can enjoy the blessing of God. I can enjoy the best that God has in mind for my life. It is the Holy Spirit convicting us that brings us to our potential. If you don't like to be told, no, you're wrong, you're in error, you're going to miss out on the best that God has for your life because no matter how well you have it together right now, the Holy Spirit can show you a better way and it's through conviction. And here's how the Holy Spirit convicts. Jesus said the Holy Spirit comes to convict us of sin. So number one, conviction from the Holy Spirit looks like this. The Holy Spirit convicts lost people to be saved because he wants to rescue people from the consequences of their sin. You may be engaging with us today for the first time. It might be the first time in a while. Maybe today you realize that you're not a believer. You're not a Christian, maybe you're interested in checking it out, maybe you would even agree that you are far from God. Many different people from many different backgrounds are engaging with what God is doing here, and I just want to 
point out what the Bible teaches, and that is all of us are imperfect. And we're imperfect because we're born sinners. We're born with, with the inclination to do what is wrong, to do what is not right, to fall short of God's standard, hardwired into our DNA. And unless we address that, unless we correct that through surrender to Jesus, receiving the forgiveness and the grace that is available from him, we remain in our sin. And we are also told by Jesus that sin causes separation from God. It is impossible to be close with God if we have sin present in our life, unaddressed sin in our life. We're going to be separated from God And then on top of that, sin causes hardship, pain, trauma, and even death. Sin is the cause of all of the problems in the world. God is not the one responsible for the brokenness and the heartache of our world. It's sin. It's people leaning into that inclination to do wrong hardwired in their DNA, that inclination to be selfish, to only think of themselves, to not consider others. That is sin. God is selfless. God is love. God is for his people. God is wanting to bring us close to him. And so the Holy Spirit comes to convict us of our sin This happens because God loves us so much. God is trying to rescue people from the consequences of that sin, that hardship, that trauma, that brokenness, that separation from God. The second way that the Holy Spirit convicts is he convicts those of us who are Christians, those of us who have surrendered to Jesus, those of us who have been washed clean by God the blood of Jesus Christ, by the word of God, by the waters of baptism. Those of us who are Christians, we do not suddenly become perfect. We don't suddenly become free of issues or struggles. Yes, that that sin, that consequence of sin that was wired into us by birth, that gets covered by Jesus. We're put in right standing because of our faith in Jesus. We're in right standing with God because of our faith in Jesus. But that doesn't mean that we're now free from any kind of issues. No, when you become a Christian, when you become a believer, you are a work in progress. You're made right with God, but the Holy Spirit is still going to convict Christians for us to become more and more sanctified. Now that's a word that maybe you haven't heard in a while or ever, but that word sanctified means just simply to be more like Jesus. And when the Holy Spirit convicts us to turn from our sin to Jesus, he then switches into the mode of convicting us so that we can grow in sanctification, becoming more and more and more like the Lord. Look at Jesus. He is the image of perfection. He's so loving. He's so kind. He's so graceful. He's so patient. He can rise above his base natures. He always does what is right, both 
in motive and in action. He's perfect. I'm so far from that. But I need the Holy Spirit in my life to convict me daily to be more and more like Jesus. Because there might be a time where I'll say, you know what, I kind of like this version of me. I kind of feel like I've come far enough. And I'm just going to stay here. But the Holy Spirit comes along and says, no, Jason, listen, you, you got more of a journey to take. Yeah, you're looking good. You're, you're, you've come a long way. You are not what you used to be, thank God. But you are not yet what he died for you and resurrected for you to be. You're far from being exactly like Jesus. You're looking more and more like him, but we got more work to do and the Holy Spirit keeps convicting. And I want to put you at ease today and let you know that it is not scary in any form or fashion when the Holy Spirit is convicting us. I know that it sounds kind of austere and heavy that God's going to come and say, look, this isn't my best for you. You shouldn't go in this direction. But I'm telling you, it is not scary when the Holy Spirit is convicting you. It is scary when the Holy Spirit is not convicting you. And if you are at a place in your faith, if you're at a place in your walk right now where the Holy Spirit is not convicting you about some of the stuff that you're doing in secret that no one else knows about, that the Holy Spirit is not convicting you about some of the thoughts and some of the behaviors and some of the motives that you have tucked away in the shadow of your heart and mind that you're desperately trying to conceal from everyone else, if the Holy Spirit is not convicting you uh, of some ways that you're just not fully demonstrating, manifesting a life that is like our Lord, the image of perfection, love, beauty, and splendor, then that is something that should scare you. It's scary when the Holy Spirit is not convicting us. In fact, so much so, Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 7 says this, so as the Holy Spirit says, so the Holy Spirit speaking here in this passage, today, if you hear his voice, if you hear the voice of God, if you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in the, in the, the corners of your mind, in the deep places of your heart, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. He's saying, do not harden your hearts. Don't shut out the Holy Spirit speaking. Don't shut out the Holy Spirit convicting. Why? And it leads me to my final point. The Holy Spirit changes us. We want conviction because it is conviction that brings change. It's conviction that brings transformation. The Holy Spirit through conviction is remodeling us. You got to remember the blood of Jesus bought us when we were like a broke down, busted, jacked up house sitting out in the middle of nowhere. Paid the price for our lives, for our bodies. That's what Jesus dying on the cross did. He bought us. But we were nothing, we were nothing to get excited about. We were that old, broke down, busted, windows knocked out, door hanging on its hinges, house in the middle of nowhere. And the Holy Spirit moved in, took residence, and then said, I'm going to remodel you. I'm going to fix this place up. Look, 
When we came to Jesus, every single one of us was a fixer-upper. We were a fixer-upper. And the Holy Spirit moved in when no one else wanted to live there, when no one else wanted anything to do with it because of our condition, because of things things that maybe no one else knows about, but you know about, things that you've done and attitudes and thoughts and behaviors that you've had. Look, no one else would have wanted anything to do with you, but the Holy Spirit said, I'm coming in and I'm going to live there, but I'm going to remodel you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He remodels us and fixes us up. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says this, But whenever someone turns to the Lord... The veil is taken away. Our blinded eyes are open. That's why when we sing Amazing Grace, we say, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. The veil's been lifted. We can see now. Man, when you're lost, lost, when you're broken, broken, a lot of times you don't even know it, but when the Holy Spirit comes, that veil's lifted and you can see, man, I really don't have it all together. I'm educated, I'm successful, I've got money, but I don't have it all together. The blindness has been lifted. And then it says that the Lord is a spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, freedom. Come on, next weekend we're celebrating freedom, the 4th of July. So all of us who have had that blindness, that veil removed can see and can reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us, the Spirit, look, the Lord, who is the Spirit, that Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Jesus came into your life to change you. The Holy Spirit is needed, the secret sauce is needed in our life to change and transform us. There there is a a misnomer that is being passed around today in, in popular culture and in social media theology that says that God is love and it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how you act, it doesn't matter what you do, that God is just cool with all of it. But I want to say this to those of you that are mistakenly buying into that lie. Look at what 2 Corinthians says. The Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him, so we are changed into His glorious image. It does not say so that we can maintain our own identity, our own way of presenting ourselves to the world so that we can keep our image, so that we can keep looking like ourselves. No, it says that we are going to be changed more and more like Him and we're going to take on His glorious image. So if you're going to take notes, write this down. God accepts you. For those of you that might even be in disagreement with me right now, just hear me out. God accepts you just as you are without approving of everything that you do so that he can transform your identity and your behavior 
to be more like Jesus. Jesus does not excuse what you do, the things that are not like him. He does not excuse that and say, well, I'm love and that's cool. You just keep doing all of those things. No. He accepts you as you are without approving of the majority of what we do so that he can transform us so that we can be like him. And how do I know that? How am I so sure of that? Let's close with 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse number 9 says this, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Don't buy in to popular culture and social media theology. Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin, who worship idols, who commit adultery, who practice homosexuality, who are thieves, greedy people, drunkards, those who are abusive, those who cheat people, none of these are going to inherit the kingdom of God. And some of you were once like that. Wow, is that not encouraging? Is, is that not a breath of fresh air? Some of you were like that. In fact, if you had come to Waterview, you would see all kinds of different people. And if they would take off their mask and tell you their full story, their testimony, you'd hear all kinds of things. Some of you were once like that. In fact, my church is, is made up of prostitutes and, and drug dealers and homosexuals and liars and strippers and people that embezzle. And that's just the staff, not to mention everyone else in the seats. Some of you were once like that, but, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. The Holy Spirit changes us. That is a joy and a relief. Let's go after that. The Holy Spirit has been poured out, has been made available so that we can receive it, not so that we can remain entrenched in our struggles and in our lifestyle with all of our problems. And, and, and instead of trying to justify it by saying, God just is cool with the way I am. No, let go of that. Let the Holy Spirit change you. You can be different. Your tomorrow does not have to look like today. Change, restoration, redemption, remodeling, it's all available. So come on, receive that with me today. I don't care if you're far from God. I don't care what you're struggling with. You might even be a believer and have some real secret stuff going on. None of that matters. The Holy Spirit's not here to condemn you. He's here to free you. You can be set free today. Just lay that down today in the presence of Jesus. Come on, surrender that today. Lay down your struggles, your secrets, all the stuff that you don't want anyone else to know about. Lay it down today and let the Holy Spirit change you. Even right now, I feel the Holy Spirit so strongly and he is touching many of you engaging with us right now. 
and this is your moment. I want to encourage you just to close your eyes, and I want you to pray this prayer as we acknowledge that freedom is here. Freedom is here. Come on, acknowledge the Lord right now. Give your heart and life to Him today. Receive the Holy Spirit and tell the Holy Spirit right now as we pray, Jesus, change me. Jesus, transform me. I want your plan for my life. Lord, I've accomplished a lot. I've been successful. I've got money. I've got education. I've been able to do so much, but I realize that who and what I am is not necessarily what you have in mind and that there is more. Better is ahead. And I want that. I feel right now that you're, you're not condemning me. You're just pointing out the direction, the path to something better. And I want it. I pray that you would wash me. pray that you would transform me. God, I pray that you would do this supernatural, miraculous work in my life. I never want to be the same again. Teach me your word and show me your ways. And I'm going to live for you the rest of my life in Jesus' name. Come on, friends. Come on, church. Say it with me. In Jesus' name, amen.